We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Eva Blakesley. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are going to be talking about the amazing Spider-Man 2 Google Plus Hangout, Big, Edward Scissorhands, the film The King's Speech, and the 2014 Kids First Boot Camps. So right now I have with me Kiefer, who recently was a part of the amazing Spider-Man 2 Google Plus Hangout. Uh, so Kiefer, how are you doing today? Fantastic. It seems to be the Raven and Keeper show today. Yes, it is. Super exciting. It's a rare <laughs> event when that happens. Um, so, yes, thank you for accompanying me on the Raven and Kiefer show today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the amazing Spider-Man 2 Google Plus Hangout? Well, the amazing Spider-Man 2 Google Plus Hangout is the first ever in the history books to be a movie-themed Google Play Hangout. And I was so privileged to be one of the um, four people to be selected to interview the stars, Jamie Foxx, Dane Dahim, Emma Stone, and Spider-Man himself, Andrew Garfield, with also director Mark Webb. And all this was done by a Google Plus um, chat. And I did this all in Sony Studios, bought in a Sony Studios meeting room on a computer. So it was an absolute blast. That is so awesome. Okay, so I am in love with Andrew Garfield. Let me just say, I'm in love with everyone. Like Emma Stone and Jamie Foxx and everyone is fantastic. And I love this film. I cannot wait to see it. I'm actually seeing it on Monday, I believe. So I'm super excited about that. But Andrew Garfield, oh my gosh, I'm so in love with him. So I have to ask you, what was talking to him like? What What was it like hearing his lovely British accent over the interwebs? <laughs> the British accent, it was actually quite nice. It was a pitchily old, notch, notch, wink, wink. But uh, <laughs> he was an abs- he was very humble. He uh, He's actually very smart. He, uh, let me use a better word, that, intellectual. He has a way of looking at his um, art. And uh, in fact, one of the people there, um, Kid President, he was at, um, Kid President was asking him a question of what his hero is. saying, people like you, Kid President, because you... You're the one that keep us going. You're the one that makes us create our art form. And he was nice. He was a very nice guy to talk to. 
And again, the British accent was so dreamy. <laughs> you and me can just fangirl and fanboy <laughs> over Andrew Garfield all day. It's like I how don't... me and Brianna freak out about Josh Hutcherson. Me and you have a new thing. Yeah, Andrew but Garfield. I also I have to mention, I have a deep, deep new respect for Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. as both an actor and a person. Because I did see a special screening of this before we went to do the Google Plus Hangout. This is pretty much when it showed us 30 minutes of what the movie has. Three mm-hmm. scenes. And just by those 30 minutes, I can guarantee you that my favorite character is going to be Jamie Foxx's character, Electro, Max Dillon. Because of how really tragic this character is. And Jamie Foxx, I asked him a few questions about how does he keep his character fresh and new. And he answered me that watching other actors, being able to see Dane um, watch the actors do their scenes and everything is what keeps it fresh and new with just his fellow actors. And he was amazing and I, I'm, I'm really glad I got to talk to him and just get to see a new side of him than I'm used to. Absolutely. Well, I think Jamie Foxx is such a fantastic person and he's such a versatile character because yes. he... He's an amazing singer, for one thing, and he has his music career going for him. And then he's a hilarious person. Like, I've watched interviews with him and some of his more comedic films. Like, he's a very, very funny guy. But he can also play these serious roles as well. Um, And I think you're correct. His character in this film is very tragic. And I sort of, I like that when you feel bad for the villains. I don't know why, like... It gives the film another dimension and more depth if you feel empathetic towards the villain or the so-called bad guy. And I think that's awesome that he was able to capture that. And you start thinking to yourself, maybe he's not a villain at all. He's just a a scared person. I mean, in the scene I saw, he was terrified. And once he finally got attention, he was so happy and he just wants someone to notice him. And that's the whole reason he does this stuff. And as uh, someone else asked the question, where does he get his character from? He based his character off a person he knows, who shall be named Nameless. And how tragic he was, because he was a mama's boy and all that, but he based his character off an actual person he knew. Wow, that's intense. I think that's awesome, too, that he was able to... I mean, like you were saying, he was scared. It wasn't even that he was, you know, the villain. It's like misunderstood in a sense and I think that's really cool again that he was able to portray that because he's a very very versatile character for sure you are listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network I'm your co-host Raven Devaney and I'm your co-host Kiva Blakesley and today we are talking about the amazing spider-man 2 google plus hangout the film's big Edward Scissorhands, The King's Speech, and we will also be talking about the 2014 Kids First Boot Camp. So right now I'm just talking with Kiefer, who recently participated in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Google Plus Hangout at the Sony Studios, which is super awesome, and we were just talking about how dreamy Andrew Garfield is, and also what a phenomenal actor and just person Jamie Foxx is, and how excited we are to see the rest of his character, or I am definitely super, super excited to watch this film and to see all about his fantastic character and Andrew Garfield's phenomenal hair and Emma Stone just being awesome. So speaking of Emma Stone, what was it like talking with her? I didn't get to talk too much to her because I was limited to three, quest- to three questions. And I, I, the only people I really got to talk to personally was Jamie Foxx, Andrew Garfield, and Mark Webb. But I did get to um, 
um, here, uh, Emma Stone talking about her questions, and they gave um, she gave good advice that she heard. Like one was, don't bring out your umbrella unless it's going to rain. Uh, if it's not going to rain, <laughs> I believe that's how it went. But uh, pretty much that means like, don't always look for the worst. Don't see the glass half empty. And she was very nice, and she was funny as usual. I always think she's very she's a she's a character very much so. <laughs> Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit what it was like interviewing Mark Webb. I admire him as a director for sure because the, uh, I mean, obviously not the original Spider-Man series because Spider-Man's been around for a while, but the one with um, Toby Turner, he, this was like a super popular Spider-Man series with the the trilogy and um, taking on the amazing Spider-Man in sort of a different light and um, making it sort of geared toward teens a little bit more is how I view yeah. this series. What did you think uh, and what was your opinion on talking with him and what was it like? First of all, it's Toby Maguire. If- Toby Maguire, oh, sorry. No, Wrong name. Be, Thinking of somebody else. Don't be sorry. Don't worry. <laughs> I bet people get that confused. I'm just, all the time. I'm just saving you from the adoring fans of ours. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, uh, Mike Webb was an absolute... Marvel, no pun intended, because this is Marvel-based. <laughs> but um, I actually, I got a signed poster of him with his signature on Amazing Spider-Man as a souvenir. First of all, I, I do have to note, I had so much souvenir merchandise of Spider-Man from Sony. They were an absolute, they were so kind to me. I have to give a shout out to everyone at Sony, um, everyone but not limited to, Alex, Katie, um, Rose, Natalie, and also Vanessa, I met at the office. They they were so nice to me. They got me um to the computer. They were making sure I had everything I needed, my the computer, my questions, everything. They got me so much merchandise that most of my I got a t-shirt, bags, mask, um, a signed poster of Mark Webb. I mean, I have to thank so much to Sony. But I'm dodging your question. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, it's okay. Those people definitely deserve a shout out. Definitely. But uh, Mark Webb, he took on the story because he believes that this um, um, story like Spider-Man can have so many stories to it. It can be um, seen into like the art of film in many different forms. And I do give him a lot of credit for going on to the series. And I very much do enjoy Sp- the new Spider-Man series. Not bashing the old one, of course, mm-hmm. but he was a, he was absolutely amazing to talk to. And he, he, what's great is even if you don't meet these people in person, there's still a connection you have with them with the camera. And when you're looking at them through a at a computer screen, you still feel a connection, especially with these act, actors and and directors. They really were answering from the heart, and it was they had such amazing answers to most to all of our questions if I'm speaking for everyone who was there Kid Preston Harrison and Seven Webhead but (laughs) and speaking of the connection that you had with them and you know I think it's awesome even though you weren't able to sit down with them in person you were still able to have that connection with them and so were the other kids that were with you and the other people interviewing that were with you even though they weren't around you and interviewing them in person there was still a connection so what was it like using the google plus hangout and what did you think of that format oh it's fantastic it's actually a great format and um Skype, we love you, Skype, very much. But, <laughs> but um, Google Plus, it, it it was 
fairly simple to use. In fact, it um, it was clearly it it was clear. It was beautifully done, and I never used it before. And this is the first time I ever used it, and it was like putting on a glove. It was that simple to use. And when I when we talk to each other, when one person's talking, you see them coming up and talking. And then when someone else talks, we see their picture come up, their video. Mm-hmm. Then they start talking, and it's how and how fast it it changes to different videos and still focuses is beyond fluent. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and something that's super cool is that anybody can use Google Plus Hangout, so definitely be sure to check it out. And also check out the amazing Spider-Man Two, which is in theaters on May second. Kiefer, thank you so much for telling us all about this fantastic hangout that you got to have with the actors and director. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Yes, let's take a break. I'm your co-host Raven Devaney, and I'm your co-host Kiefer Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have an important voice to be heard. You are our future, and you need a forum to be heard. Tune in to American Pulse on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll talk to the student leaders of America and find out what they're doing to make a difference today. You'll be inspired to start working now for a brighter future later. American Pulse is heard live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. It's time to lead by example. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. 
And today we were talking about the Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man Two Google Plus Hangout, and right now we'll also be talking about Edward Scissorhands, Big, and the King's the King's Speech, and also talking about the kids' first film critic boot camp. Now, right now I'm talking with my amazing co-host Raven on the what I think is a classic Edward Scissorhands. How are you doing, Raven? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> always, always great to have you. Now, for those of you who haven't seen this, for those people who haven't seen this film, I'm, it's weird they haven't, but can you please tell us a little bit about the film, Edward Scissorhands? Absolutely. So Edward Scissorhands is a classic film, in my opinion. Um, it came out in the 90s, 1990, and it stars, like, well, it doesn't star my two favorite people, but it, it, it was created by my two favorite people, which is Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, and I am in love with them. Anyway, this film is about Johnny Depp's character named Edward, and he was created by a scientist and an inventor, and the scientist slash inventor died before Edward was finished. So the last thing that was going to go on to Edward before he became like a real person was his hands. So he just has scissors for hands and not just like little kitchen scissors. He has massive giant blades for his hands. So he looks really terrifying and he's covered in cuts um, because he nicks himself accidentally but he is so, so sweet. Like, he is the most gentle, like, polite person in the world. Well, he is living up in a, a mansion at the top of this cookie-cutter suburbia. And one day, um, a woman, who is the Avon representative of the town, goes up to sell some makeup products. And she finds him there. And um, she takes him home and brings her back into her family. And it's all about Edward trying to fit into this, like I said, cookie cutter suburbia and um, how that plays out. So it's a it's a very unique and classic film. And what's funny with a film like this, this film I always watch during Christmas time because I think of it as a Christmas classic. Mm -hmm. I agree. Which is strange. But um, especially with this film, do you feel like it still holds up since you've seen it recently? Oh, absolutely. Well, I wanted to touch on why maybe you think it's a Christmas classic. It's how this film starts out. It's Winona Ryder, her character, as an old woman, and she's, like, explaining to her grandchild why it snows, and it snows because Edward is up in his mansion cutting, like, and making ice sculptures and stuff, and that's why it snows. Anyway, I think this film absolutely holds up. It is so visually phenomenal, even though it doesn't feature, like, a bunch of CGI and special effects at all. I think it's so phenomenal because Tim Burton's style is amazing. I am such a fan of his. Like, I absolutely adore him, and I think his style with all of his films, um, including animation, is just incredible. And I really like this film because it is so classic looking. Like, it seems, like, so 50s, the way everyone dresses and the way everyone acts. Um, and everyone's living in, like, these perfect pastel houses and have their hair in bobs. And it's just so interesting. And it's almost... Something that I like about a lot of Tim Burton's films is that even if they're live action, they look sort of animated a little bit. Like, it looks like it's a prop set, almost. Yeah. And so I like that about this film. It's very unique. So I think it absolutely holds up. And the reason they have, like, cookie-cutter suburbia, as you say, mm -hmm. is because it that offsets the strangeness that Tim Burton um, puts into the story. So that makes it, like, he, he's very, he has some very abnormal uh, designs to his stories and scripts, and that's what makes him very unique as a director, and I love him. He's one of my favorites. 
Now, what do you think of the classic Danny Elfman uh, musical score in this film? The musical score is absolutely gorgeous. I was watching this movie two nights ago, and um, me and my family were just sitting on the couch, and the movie hadn't even started. It was literally just the opening credits. And we were like, oh my gosh, the music is so incredible. And we were just raving about the music. And the music in this film actually reminds me a lot of the music in Tim Burton's animation, The Corpse Bride. So again, Tim Burton's style is very consistent and very odd and beautiful and dark and I just think he chose a fantastic um composer to create the musical score for sure definitely Danny Elfman has worked with Tim Burton for most of his career Mm -hmm. so I love his score now with the actors Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder what do you think how do you think they do for pretty much one of the first ever um um roles um I think Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder did fantastic especially together they ended up getting married for a little bit after this film which I think is interesting because you always read in the tabloids like on set romances that start between stars and they were actually married for um a little bit and I think they did fantastic I mean Johnny Depp I'm so he's like such an inspiration of mine he is so versatile kind of like Jamie Foxx that we're talking about who he's so versatile but Johnny Depp is like he can play every role imaginable and I think in this film he does an incredible job because Edward doesn't speak very much but the message that he portrays is so powerful and I think Johnny Depp did a phenomenal job um, with that and then I love Winona Ryder as well I think she's fantastic Um, and in this film She's sort of like a preppy valley girl, like, oh, whatever, you're weird and I'm cool. But then she sort of gets over herself a little bit, which I think is nice. And I think it's a nice uh, role for Winona Ryder, especially because she sort of plays quirky roles a lot, like in Girl Interrupted and Beetlejuice. Like she's sort of the the weird, dark, mysterious girl. And in this film, she's like the blonde like cheerleader <laughs> that's dating the football player that's a total jerk um but yeah i think she was fantastic in this film perfect and quickly how many stars would you give this film i would give this film a billion stars out of five because it is a classic and you should definitely check it out people of all ages should watch it and it definitely should be in your film collection at home for sure of course, I believe it already is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking about Edward Scissorhands. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakesley. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And today we were talking about the Spider-Man Google Plus Hangout and also the films Edward Scissorhands, Big, The King's Speech, and also talking about the kids' first film critic bootcamp. And I'm going to hand it over to Raven on Big. Thank you, Kiefer. So yes, right now we are going to be talking about another classic. Uh, we are talking about Big starring Tom Hanks and this film came out in 1988 so I have not yet seen this film but I have I know a lot of people that have and they talk about it a lot so tell me about this film sorry I'm getting over heart attack you have not seen this film but okay I'm um, sorry I'm sorry I, I will okay. make it up to you okay hey, I haven't seen Divergence anywho so this <laughs> film is one of Tom Hanks breakthrough films it is about a 12 year old boy who dreams of being big all he wants is to be big so one night at a carnival ride, uh, at, a, at a, just a carnival, he goes to a magical fortune teller, which is by far one of the creepiest fortune telling machines ever. 
<laughs> might I add. But anyway, so he makes a wish and he says that he wishes he was big. Next morning, he's about the age of a 35-year-old man. Uh, 32 in the film, they say. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so the rest of the film is him trying to get back to being a 12-year-old. But also during this film, he starts losing his childhood and he starts forgetting about who he really is and whether or not it's right to be um, to grow up fast or not. And he also is trying to become having he also gets a job, a girlfriend, and an adult life. Wow. I actually think I have seen parts of this film. I remember this from when I was little, seeing definitely parts of this film at my grandma's house. And I love Tom Hanks. I think, again, he's another, like, he's such a versatile actor. I love him so much, um, especially in, like, his older years when he did, like, Ghostbusters and whatnot. But him in um, Forrest Gump is one of my favorite roles of him. And I think he's fantastic and I think it's awesome that this is one of his breakthrough roles so what did you think of his character in this film first of all he wasn't his Ghostbusters that was Bill Murray Bill Murray I am just messing (laughs) things up today what is wrong with me I'm messing things up so much I feel bad for correcting you because I feel like it's such a Oh, no, thank uh, you for correcting me. I am, there's, okay, I'm on IMDb right now, and there's big, and then right next to it, there is also, like, you may also like blah, 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 and Ghostbusters (laughs) is there, so it messed me up. Thanks, IMDb. Anyway, so back to being correct. (laughs) Tell me about his character. Anyway, so I do very much enjoy, um... Tom Hanks is one of his first act of acting roles. It was in 1988. It's what got him his Oscar nomination. Um, he didn't win it, but it was he does a fantastic job playing a 12-year-old boy while still trying to become an adult. And it's it's he it shows how versatile of an actor he is. So I do love Tom Hanks for his, one of his first acting roles. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what did you think of the storyline in this film? And I've seen a movie that came out probably when I was in elementary school that was a similar storyline to this but this is like the original idea of this so what do you think of the plot and the messages that it gives I believe it gives a very good message about whether or not to grow up fast because pretty much this this movie dedicates a whole believe five minutes of him thinking of whether or not he should want to become a kid again because he he, he just created a life of his own as an adult but then he goes he sees his old classroom he sees his people playing baseball and no dialogue whatsoever. And it, it, it hits you, right? Sorry to sound cheesy in the heart because you really start thinking you can't grow that fast. You have to live your childhood. And it's very important to um, your life. The most important part of your life is your childhood. So it does give a big impact about what this film is trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I remember being younger and just thinking about how cool it would be to be a teenager, and I'm not even an adult, and I'm still like, no, hold on to your your child years. My little brother's nine, and he constantly wants to grow up, and I just need him to watch this movie and be like, stop it, you. <laughs> so this film was directed by Penny Marshall. What did you think of her directing style? Well, directing style, it takes, um, actors have to dedicate a lot of their um, trust into their actors. And they, I believe he, that his trust was not uh, misused in this because I believe she does. She tells um, Tom wh- um, when to take, um, become a kid or when not to, to start becoming an adult because it's a transition thing. He does adult things, but he's supposed to slowly but surely show that he's 12 years old. 
And there was some comedic parts of it, but it's very dramatic. And I give a lot of credit to the director in this film. So, yes. Absolutely. Well, quickly, before we're out of time, can you tell us how many stars you would give this film? I would give this five out of five stars. It's a classic. Please check it out if you're a Tom Hanks fan. (laughs) Yes, be sure to check it out. It is rated PG, so definitely a fun family film. Let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakesley. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Now we are going to continue talking with Kiefer since it is the Kiefer and Raven show today. Yay, hallelujah. And we are going to be talking about the King's Speech so I don't don't shun me or shame me for this, but I have not seen this film yet, and I have wanted to see this film for years. So tell me a little bit about the plot. I won't shun you because it's, I just saw Big two days ago, and I just saw King's Speech two weeks ago. So I'm not. Ahead so we're of good. Either. We're even. <laughs> even. But anyway, um, first of all, I have to say this is probably one of my favorite films of all time. the The King's Speech is about King George. This is back in nineteen. 19- the 1930s, well, King George, played by Colin Firth, is 
Robert is supposed to give public speeches for his father, the king, but he has a stutter. He can't form words. All of his, it, he just can't form any sentence without stuttering, and it just angers him so much. So his wife, played by Helena Bonham Carter, um, goes out to find him a speech teacher, play, um, which is Lionel, played by Gregory Rush. Now, this film goes through the life of um, Colin Firth's character, of how he's trying to get over his speech impediment, and going through um, the relationship between Lionel and um, Bertie, which is Colin Firth's character's name, um, in the office. So it's a very inspiring story about these two characters, um, about how he... Be- it's based off true story, too. And goes to history it goes to it goes to even to the part of world war ii and um churchill makes an appearance and it's just a fantastic film that should be seen Mm -hmm. so this film is set um it was filmed in 2010 but it's set in the 30s and there was a lot going on historically like you said from world war ii to uh, churchill and everything that was going on with that lots of historical stuff happening and definitely a very specific style especially in europe so talk to me a little bit about the set design and costume and cinematography and how it captured that era the cinematography was done very well especially the lighting because back then, most of the film's light had to be with um, both um, fires and oil-lit candles and some chandeliers. And and while the film progresses, it just it gets the lighting down perfectly. It's beautifully done. The cinematography is, well, in the, um, the, the early um, England, um, Victorian, um, sorry, not Victorian, but it's the English setting is beautiful. There's a cute little scene about how Hella Bonham's car... Helena Bonham Carter's character is first introduced to an actual elevator, and now she's getting through, like, okay, we have to close that door, close that, oh, okay. Presses it, and she's like, oh, this is new. So, there's a cute little scene about that, so, and while you're watching it, it's, you're going through time. I mean, the film's characters and the setting itself um, progresses on with its um, story. So, this Uh, The cast of this film is incredible. It features some phenomenal actors and actresses. So what did you think of the acting in this film and the variety of characters that you meet throughout the film? Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Some of the best characters I've seen in a long time. Uh, Gregory Rush performs this character who is very quick-witted and also, how do I say kind and wants to help him uh, wants to help um, King George very much but the relationship they have between each other is a friend it's a very good relationship of friendship they become really good friends and in the film it um, by the end of it they do say they do state that they they've been friends ever since they every time he makes a speech the they he's always there to support him he is there every step of the way of his journey. Uh, Helen Bonham's Carter character is beautifully done, too. I've always seen her, speaking of Tim Burton in the show, I've mm-hmm. always seen her in a Tim Burton film. And to see her in this on a film like this playing a whole different character is beyond me because she does a fantastic job and shows the love and support she has for Bertie. And finally, before I go on too long, Colin Firth's character, he deserved that Best Actor for Academy Award. Because I looked up the actual footage of King George giving his speeches. This is the actual footage that they've shown 
and it was painful to see this person go through the speeches and Colin Firth portrays that character flawlessly. Mm-hmm. I can go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're fine. I am the queen of rants, so you're fine. <laughs> you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakesling. And today we have been talking about the amazing Spider-Man 2 Google Plus Hangout. Plus, we have been reviewing the films Big, Edward Scissorhands. And right now we are talking about the King's Speech with Kiefer. He was just talking to me about the cinematography, which sounds absolutely gorgeous. The star-studded cast list of some phenomenal, very seasoned actors and actresses. And you were mentioning um, Helena Bonham Carter. And you're correct. The There's, like, the... The Trace Amigos of um, Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp and um, Tim, Burton. Tim Burton, of course, yes. And I, I think it's definitely in this film, um, she's a lot more conservative and she's not as like crazy and, and dark. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that's nice that she was able to pull off this character. So we were talking a little bit about the cinematography and the set design and costumes and how they got everything pretty accurate. So historically, since this is set in a very historic time period, historically, how do you think they got everything? And do you think everything was correct the way it was portrayed? Well, as I mentioned before, I did look up the actual footage of what hap- what of how he gave speeches, and the way they said in this film is beautifully is marvelous. I believe they, to me, I feel like they get historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Now, historians or whatever or whatever your profession may be may say, "Oh, that's untrue." And this date, he didn't do that. He didn't do this. This character wasn't in there. <laughs> I'm thinking But overall, but in in a generalization, it was historically accurate, you'd say? Yes. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um so what do you think your favorite scene is in this film? Oh, that's a hard one. Haha. Haha, he got me there. I believe my favorite scene is is in towards the end of the not towards the end but in the middle of the film where Lionel, um, sorry King George, finds out that Lionel lied to him in something. I won't give it away, but this is one of those cliches that I hate. It's called the misunderstanding. You think this character's one thing, but he's not. The one thing that gets me is these two characters then go like, okay, well since you lied to me, I'm gonna go in my separate corners and never talk to you until the end of the film. I hate that. It slows down the film, but that's what keeps the story going. In this film, I'm not going to give it away, but it just, it goes through all the emotions of anger, deceit, and sadness. But then finally they talk to each other and say like, well, didn't I promise you what you wanted? And it's just like, yes, but you lied to me. That doesn't matter. I still gave you what you wanted and I succeeded. Then they, they finally hug it out and they say, you know what? You're right. Let's go on with our life. And I'm thinking, finally, a film actually gets the misunderstanding as it should be. Not just walk away and not deal with it and slow down the film, but actually talk about it as people and go on. And then finally, the film goes on with its story. Mm -hmm. I love it when that happens because you're like, oh, there's going to be some stupid conflict or some cliche event that's going to happen. And there's and you just you think, you know, what's going to happen. And then the film surprises you and it's better. And you're like, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. So let's switch gears a little bit and get a little bit more technical with our talk about this film. Talk to me a little bit about rating and what you think, because originally, as we were talking, um, 
the King's Speech was rated R originally, and then after it won its Oscar, uh, a PG-13 version came out, and I think that's just because of some of the profanities. So what do you think about this film and its appropriateness level? I believe that I, I did see this on DVD, um, and the reason it's because it, it, I do say, a, um, I'm just going to say the F word in a <laughs> scene. But they say it in only one scene, and the rest and sorry, two. But that's it, this is the first time it's actually appropriate because they, it's during the speech and how he says I, he always he always stutters a word because he's not focused. This one, he says those words because they want to make him so he doesn't have to so he can focus. There's not a, a scent of regret because mm-hmm. he's so angry at his brother played by Guy Pierce. And that he wants to just say it out loud. And this it's so appropriate that I don't mind it, but I'm glad there's a PG-13 rating. So more of a younger audience can see, I guess. But I believe that you should just, they should just see it and show that it is that the language is appropriate for the context that it is in. Yes, it, you can throw around a few profanities as long as it gets the point across. I'm in a directing class right now, and we're cutting down a script that's super inappropriate. And my teacher's like, the use of profanity can be so powerful and so strong when it's used sparingly. So I definitely yeah. think that everyone should check out the PG-13 version of this film. Yeah. Kiefer, thank you so much for telling us all about this film. Really quickly, how many stars do you give it? I'll give five out of five stars. Thank you so much for letting me talk about it. I can go on forever, but I don't, so thank you very much. Yes, we will just rant about it during the break. <laughs> Speaking of a break, let's take one. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Kiefer Blakesley. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. 
Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakesley. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we have just finished speaking with Samantha from New York about Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania. And we have reviewed the films Bears and Ant Boy. So right now we are speaking with another one of our new critics, Shelby from Tampa, Florida. Woo woo, Florida. <laughs> about getting her point, uh, point of view of Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania. So thank you for joining us today. Shelby, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantabulous. Thank you for asking. So since you are new to the Kids First family and this is your first time um, on the radio show, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Shelby. I'm 15 and I live in Tampa, Florida. And I have a crazy obsession with films. Oh my gosh, me too, girl. We are together <laughs> on that. <laughs> so what made you want to be a film critic? Well, you know, my mom, she's always told me that, you know, I could be a film critic because whenever we see a movie, I would always tell her the things that I liked and the things I didn't like. And I uh, had a conversation with her about camera angles and oh. who was the greatest actor. So I just Yes, always... you're, just, you're just ready to be a film critic. Yeah. <laughs> And how do you like being a film critic? Well, you know, I never really thought that it was a lot of work, but until I did it, I just, I fell in love with it. It's a lot of fun reviewing and watching movies and talking about it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I feel like reviewing is like the main thing and just getting your point across and getting your opinion across. And then I feel like seeing the movie is a plus. So it's like mainly I love the... I love the reviewing and then seeing the movie is just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So since we're talking about movies and we are film critics, can you please tell us about the storyline of Scooby-Doo WrestleMania? Sure. Um, Scooby-Doo is basic. Scooby-Doo WrestleMania is basically about um, when Scooby and Shaggy win this trip to WWE uh, city to uh, see WrestleMania. Um, but the gang runs into trouble when Scooby is accused of stealing the WWE championship belt. So they have to figure out this mystery and solve it to prove that, sh that Scooby is innocent. Mm -hmm. I, when I was little, I used to watch Scooby-Doo all the time and I would watch it with my dad and sometimes my mom and we would sit there and my dad would hold me if I was scared and which was a lot because you know, <laughs> I was weird when I was a child, but it's okay. 
Um, can you please tell me about the voice actors? Because, I mean, this is an animated film. Yes, um, I thought the voice actors were absolutely amazing. Um, I felt like in every scene, they really brought a lot of energy in their vocals. And I just felt like they were really becoming the character and really, you know, experiencing what they were going through in every scene. Yeah, I feel like that's something that every animated film should do. And even if you're doing, like earlier we talked about the Disney bears and that's a narrator, not necessarily a animation, but they still have to get the point across through like off screen type things. So I feel like if you're doing something through someone else and you're not really there to help show it, I feel like it's so much more harder. So I'm glad that you say that they're doing a fantabulous job. How did you like the overall production? Because this is this is a Scooby-Doo, so we have like certain standards for Scooby-Doo. So how did you like the overall production, Shelby? Well, I thought that the plot was very original, and I'm not a big fan of you know wrestling, mm-hmm. but I thought it was different to actually see what it was like being in WWE city and really you know seeing what it's like to be a wrestler and to, you know, go backstage and see training. And, you know, it it really allowed me to experience live animated action. But I felt like I was actually there watching, you know, the actual <laughs> fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not a big fan of WWE and wrestling and and stuff like that, but my dad was like super into it. And so he taught me, not taught me, but he told me a lot of things about it, how how he felt with it. So I kind of get where you're coming from. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Brianna Hope Beaton. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Keepa Blakesley. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we're reviewing Scooby-Doo WrestleMania. So right now, let's continue speaking with Shelby about Scooby-Doo WrestleMania. And we were just speaking about overall production, how you really like it, and it's also amazing, and that's great. So we were talking about the plotline and how it's very interesting, and I mean, it has WWE and wrestling and Scooby-Doo. And I just wanted to ask, since WWE and wrestling are sort of like, not I'm not saying that it's strictly for adults but it's more geared toward adults like if you showed it on tv or something and scooby-doo is more of like a child you know teenager child thing that i mean it's animation and things like that so how do you think they meshed it together how do you do you think that it was too contrast or what what are your thoughts about that i thought it was weird at first but Um, When you see the live action fights, it's not as gruesome as it is on TV. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was appropriate. And you got to see the wrestlers like um, Sin Cara and John Cena, not as, you know, ooh, I'm going to beat you up, but you get to see, you know, the personality. So Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. I didn't, you know, think that, oh, they're just this tough guy that, likes to beat up people, I kind of got to see, oh, he's a nice guy, you know, that type thing. Yeah, I, I, when I not saw this film, but saw the trailer of this film and looked up more about it, I first thought it was just going to be just fighting. And I was like, well, I don't know how that's going to work. But now that you say it's more of like a personality on the fighters and not just 
fighting itself. I'm I'm glad that that's it because I was planning on seeing this film. So <laughs> I'm glad to know that's that. And who's your favorite character, Shelby? Oh, there's. I would I know, have hard to say. Yeah, I I mean, it's between Scooby and Daphne. I'll just go with Daphne. I I just love Daphne, and um, I just loved her voice, and I thought it was you know kind of funny to see that Fred was jealous of her drooling over John Cena and his awesomeness. So I thought that was, you know, that was more like me because I do drool over celebrities like that. So. Oh, I love you. I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Raven, uh, Josh Hutcherson, me and you. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any morals or messages in this film? Because, I mean, I know this is a Scooby-Doo and it's WWE and wrestling, but did you find any messages? Surprisingly, yes, I did find a message. And I thought the message was um, that you shouldn't allow your anger to turn into revenge because nothing comes good when you hold a grudge Mm -hmm. or you're not over something that happened years ago. Yeah, because some people say, oh, I forgive you or it's fine or I'm over it. But it's like they think that if they say that, they're fine. Like it really is fine. They, They have forgiven them. And then... But sometimes it's like, I really haven't forgiven you. And they keep it bottled up. And then they're just like, oh, this is a chance for me to bring them down or ruin them or ruin their image. And they do it just out of anger and revenge. So I feel like that is a very good message that I haven't heard in a while. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> How many stars do you give this awesome, amazing film? Um, I would give it four out of five stars. Because... You know, I have to give props to them. This was just, it was really, it was surprising and it was a great plot. Like I did, I was just so shocked at the ending and, you know, I I thought it was pretty great and it was different. I'm not, you know, really into wrestling, but I did learn some things about wrestling. (laughs) So it's like a, like a little bit of information, informational type thing. Yeah. So really quick, what is the age range you give this film because of the wrestling and and the mixture between like the kind of scary with Scooby Doo? So what's the age range for you? Um, I would say seven to fifteen for boys. I mean, I I wouldn't really recommend it to girls mm-hmm. because girls. I mean, there might be some girls out there that really love wrestling. And it, it and the action parts aren't you know really like that bad. It's more video gamey type. So I don't think that it would cause a problem with younger children mm-hmm. that aren't preteens. So I think that in that range would be the best suited. Okay. Thank you. Thank because I really wanted to know that because I didn't want to go there and be like super horrified. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, sadly that's all the time we have for today. Shall Thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Scooby-Doo Wrestlemania. Thanks, Brianna. (laughs) I feel like it'll be a pleasure talking to you from now on. So, (laughs) And Blu-ray, so all the Scooby-Doo fans, go check that out. And please look for our reviews on the Huffington Post. We are in the teen section, and our blog is called Kids First, so also check that out. 
thanks so much for joining with us today. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. I'm your co-host, Brianna hope Beaton. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Keeva Blakesley. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Bon appetit! We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 